the vibes. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K23. Momus and BJ Armstrong here as always to break down what's going on around the NBA. BJ, you must be living good right now. I saw your boys over in Golden State up against the Warriors. Uh, <laughs> did you go to the game? Did you just watch it from home? I, Talk to me. I, I, I did that. I did that. It, there was a storm. There was a storm in yeah, San Francisco, a, right? So it was a storm. I heard it was chaos. It was a storm. It was complete chaos. Actually, um, I was going to visit my, 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 my oldest or our oldest. And uh, didn't even get a chance to get up there because of the storm. Oh, for real? So it was, yeah, yeah. So it was a storm. So everything was canceled getting up to that part. But however, I had an opportunity to watch the game. And um, interesting. It was very interesting. <laughs> very, very interesting, you know, so. Well, what stood out to you aside from obviously the buzzer beating game winner from Sadiq Bay? What stood out? Well. You know, Mo, this is a this is a hard league. This is a this is a tough league, and this is what stood out to me. And this is what's funny about this league. Just the night before, you and I were talking about the Celtics versus the Thunder. Yeah, and the Thunder. They win. We, we don't need to 30. revisit. We don't need to revisit yeah, that. 35, 40 points. Nah, However, yeah, we, but here's but here's a but here's my point. You win some nights about 35 points minus SGA, Shea Gillis Alexander. The following night, they're playing the Orlando Magic. Orlando Man- and then with SGA, he scores about 30 something points and they lose mm-hmm. <laughs> by 20 something points. The Warriors, you know, they're, they're playing terrific, especially at home. The Pistons come in with what ten wins prior to mm-hmm. the game, mm-hmm. and then you lose. That's the NBA in a nutshell. Every game you win is a difficult game, and it's very hard to win. So, what did I take away from it? You're never as good as you think you are when you win 10, 11, 12 games in a row, and you're never as bad as you think you are when you lose eight, nine, ten games in a row. You just have to play, and you play every possession. You play every quarter, you play every game. And that's what I took away from it. You know what? Some nights you win and Kevon Looney makes a tip in and you win that game. (laughs) And then some nights (laughs) a guy comes in, a broken play at the end of the game, and you lose that game. Great play. Yeah, so that's what stood out to me. Shout out to Kevon Looney. (laughs) We, We can talk about him in a sec, but we do have our first trade of the season, BJ. Oh, okay. What happened? What happened? The Boston Celtics, the world's greatest franchise, have traded a league-altering move. Noah Vonley, who basically gets no minutes for the Celtics, was traded alongside cash considerations to the San Antonio Spurs. And in return, I don't know what they're getting. I don't think they're getting anything. Um, The Spurs are waving Georgie Jeng to create a roster spot. So essentially... Boston saves seven million towards the luxury tax because Vonley's contract was due to be guaranteed this Saturday. So by getting him off the roster before then, they save the luxury tax payments and they've opened a roster spot. And if I'm not mistaken, they also got granted a disabled player exception for Dinello Gallinari, meaning they get some additional money that they can put towards signing a free agent player. 
So if the Boston Celtics want to just simply add a free agent, a player who might be in the G League, a player who might be overseas, a player who might be training in a gym in New York, and his name might be Carl Anthony, they have the ability to now do that. And San Antonio um, will, they remain having 27 million in cap space. So it's just a transactional trade, as you like to say, BJ. Just <laughs> throwing out the numbers. It's a transactional trade. But it, it is interesting to me what the Celtics do with that additional roster spot. That is the one thing that's intriguing me, uh, what they do with that extra roster spot. But the other news that came out today is we had the first returns on all-star voting. So fan votes account for 50% of the votes. And um, do you want to have a guess who's leading the front court and the back court, uh, front court and the guards for the East and the West? If you had to guess off the top of your well, votes. Guards. Uh, yeah, let's start with the guards in the West. Which guard in the West has got the most votes from the fans? I'm going to say Luca. I have no idea. Oh, he's a close second. He's just 400,000 behind Stephen Curry. Okay, okay. What about the guards in the East? You know, it, it, you know, I, 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 I just... Steph Curry was there, but I just figured because you said he's it was injured. Like somebody else because he's injured. Yeah. Um, you know, it's an all-star game. I'm just going to think now, like. It's a popularity today. contest. I, no, 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 no. Yeah. I want to think like today. Okay. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's Kyrie Irving. That's who that is correct. Kyrie Irving <laughs> has almost <laughs> half a million more votes than the next player, which is Donovan Mitchell. So the top five guards in the, in, in the West, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Jamarant, Shigers, Alexander, Clay Thompson. And then after that, in sixth place, is Russell Westbrook, followed by Damian Lillard, Devin Booker. And at number nine, Austin Reeves of the LA Lakers. And at number 10, Jordan Poole. So that's essentially Laker fans figuring out their all-star ballot and slapping in Austin Reeves instead of showing love to another team's guard. Over in the East, you've got Kyrie Irving, Donovan Mitchell, James Harden, Jalen Brown, and Trey Young. Followed by DeMar DeRozan, LaMelo Ball, Tyrese Halliburton, Derek Rose is ninth. Oh, that's what I was say. And then Derek's always there. He gets love from the fans. Derek, you know what? Shout out to the fans. I'm going to tell you something. Derek Rose, his fan base is incredible. So that makes me, that always brings a smile to my face every year that his fans always vote him in, you know, every year. It's great. And talking about the front court, BJ, for the Western Conference. I think this is a pretty easy guess. Which player is leading the Western Conference in front court votes? It's, it's, it's got to be LeBron, right? LeBron. Of course, it's LeBron. LeBron, in fact, leads all vote getters with 3,168,694. Who do you think is leading it from the East? Because there are four guys in the East that could very easily take that position. Let me see. Tatum's got to be one of the guys. He is one. But he's not number JoJo's one. JoJo's got to be one of the guys. Oh, it's got to be KD. It's got to be. I mean, yep. who, I mean, KD is the only player yeah, in the good. East to surpass three million votes. Second is Giannis. Giannis is Giannis. He's is not that be, far yeah. behind. And then Embiid, and then Tatum, and then Jimmy Butler. Sixth place is Pascal Siakam, and then Kyle Kuzma, Paolo Banchero, Nick Claxton, and Jarrett Allen. And that's the top ten vote getters in the Eastern Conference front court over in the yeah, West. Yeah. LeBron. And then Jokic and then Anthony Davis. So as it stands, the yeah. Lakers, who aren't even in the playoffs, would have two all-star starters, followed by Zion Williamson, Andrew Wiggins, who was a starter last year, Paul George, Larry Markinen, Draymond Green, Kawhi Leonard, and at number 10, Kavon Looney. Paul George. 
No, no, no. Paul George Looney. was sick. <laughs> oh, that's why I wanted to shout out okay. That's the Warriors fan base is strong. So um, that's how the All Star All Star votes have gone. Who's not getting enough love from the fans there, BJ? What, what do you mean? Just for, in general? Is, is there any names? That, are there any names yeah, you expected well, to hear? Because there was no Sabonis, no Fox. Any names that you expected Sabonis, to hear? Sabonis and okay, Sabonis and Fox for sure are all stars this year for sure. Shay, you said Shay Alexander, right? You you say you was he? Yeah, was he he's in, fourth in the he's fourth in the Western Conference guards. Okay, yeah, Fox for sure. Fox for sure. Um. I was I was a little surprised that that maybe Ja wasn't what is what is he like third I think you said third? yeah he's third he's got he's not even got a million votes yet he's got less yeah, votes see, than I, Donovan I, Mitchell James Harden Jalen Brown yeah I w- I was I was shocked with him because of the way he has played yeah um, especially his I mean he's must see TV I mean you have to see this guy uh, so I was a little shocked with him I thought maybe he had a chance to lead. Um, but again, it's, 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 it's popularity and, and like Steph Curry without question deserves it. Luca has been phenomenal. So it's probably, it's probably right. Well, what's interesting to me is although Derek Rose is on the list, I thought that Knicks fans having such a big fan base and being one of the biggest organizations, they don't have Jalen Brunson who had a great performance last night. They don't have Julius Randle. It's only Derek Rose representing the New York Knicks right now. So that was a bit of a surprise for me, given the size of their fan base. And when you look at other big fan bases, the Lakers, they've got Austin Reeves, the Warriors, they've got Kavon Looney, the Nets, they've got Nick Claxton. So that was a little bit interesting to me. But aside from that, I think it's pretty much what we expected. Shout out to Carl Kuzma. He's getting a lot of love. I think that's just a lot of Laker fans voting for him. And of course, Wizards fans. I don't know how many of them there are, but, uh, you know, you know, we've got about a month yeah, yeah. and a bit until the game. So we'll see how things go. I don't expect too much movement towards the top of that. Um, right, right. Shall I tell you what's interesting about the NBA this season? I know you yes. were watching the Pistons, but I don't know if you saw the Raptors versus the Bucks. I saw that 13 to 12 at the, at the, the worst the, first the, quarter first. I've ever seen. The worst first, it was horrible. There was 25 points in the first quarter total. But then we ended up with a huge Raptor comeback and a game going to overtime. Giannis making a superhuman pass to find Grace Allen in the corner. It ended up being a fantastic game. Just the NBA right now, even when you think a game is awful, it's not. The same with the Suns and the Cavaliers. They combined for 29 points in the first quarter last night, which was the lowest scoring quarter this season until the Bucks and the Raptors tipped off. And then you know, end up being quite a decent game as well. So what's the NBA right now? Yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah, the, the NBA, yeah, the NBA yeah. our good friends over there in Milwaukee, I've, I've, I've watched them. I'm watching them closely to see what they're going to do. I just mm. think they have to do something, right? After the end of that first quarter. I mean, they should have been up by at least 20 points. Mm-hmm. They should feel very fortunate to have won that game. Because when you hold a team to, you know, 12 points, and they were getting good shots. Mm-hmm. They were just missing these shots. They were getting, and I was, I was intrigued. I was like, oh, they can't miss this many shots. Well, they could, and they did. And I don't know. Toronto just came out really, really flat. They came out really flat at the at the start of that game. It was really funny the the fans' reaction. It's like three minutes to go in the quarter. I think they they didn't have a point. Mm. They didn't score <laughs> a point. And the fans gave like a standing ovation on their first free throw or something. It was really funny. Um, What's crazy um, is the end of that game, in the final one minute 14, 
The Raptors went on a 15-2 run to cut the lead to just three with 13 seconds left. It's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know, the NBA feels more and more like a video game every day. Like, no, we were talking about how people have high scoring performances, but also no one's leads are safe anymore in the NBA. Right. You can't just be up 10 with a minute left and think you're going to win. You can't just be up 20 in the third, as Donovan Mitchell proved, and think you're going to win. But um, speaking of, I was really worried because, you know, of course, on our podcast yesterday or the day before, we spoke about Giannis and how he's like come back alive and he's putting up historic numbers again. After that first quarter, I was really worried. I was thinking, man, are we going to sound stupid talking about how great Giannis is? And then they've come out and put out this awful first quarter. And he ends up finishing with a triple-double of 30 points, 21 rebounds, and 10 assists. But you can include a quadruple-double because he had 12 turnovers, which was uncharacteristic mm. for the Greek freak. Yeah, I've 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 seen a few quadruple-doubles. And as much as he handles the ball and the way he plays – you got to allow him at least five or six just during the course of the game, right? He's going, he's playing through contact. Some nights he gets the call, some nights he, he doesn't. And last night he obviously didn't get the call, which led to a lot of turnovers. But that's just the way he plays because he is playing with such force and he plays through contact. And that's just the way it is. But he's just an incredible player. His he, last he, four and, games. Averaging 43.3 points, 18.3 rebounds, and 7.3 assists in his last four games. So the question I put to you is, I picked the Milwaukee Bucks to win the championship this year. They don't, to me, look like Giannis looks amazing as always. But to me, there's just something missing from this Bucks team. And in my opinion, I like to see them bring in someone that can come off the bench and be a spark plug for their offense, you know, handle the ball and really run some plays. But what, in your opinion, is what they need to take them over the edge and solidify themselves as that number one team is the East, because the Nets are so good, the Philly Sixers are coming along, the Celtics should hopefully bounce back. What do you think they're lacking? Well, every team in the league, there's a priority in the NBA from all 30 teams to find wing players, six, seven, six, eight, six, nine guys who can defend multiple positions on the wing with athleticism, right? You have to, you have to be able to defend or match up with, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, Kevin Durant. You got to be it. So there's a premium for guys like that. When you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, um, to me, you know, the the, the one constant that you have when you make a championship run is defensively, you have to have a very stable defense. You have to have a very good defense because that's going to allow you to to stay in games when you probably shouldn't, when you don't play well on the offensive end. You look at the Warriors right now. The Golden State Warriors right now, they don't defend as well as they did just a year ago. And that's, you know, subsequently, that's why they're not playing or winning games on the road. They can't keep themselves in the game on the road. However, as they begin to improve on the defensive end, and you need health to do that, obviously, and those players, and Steve Kerr is a terrific teacher, so they'll be fine, I think. Uh, but you, you need to defend. When I look at the, getting back to your question, the Milwaukee Bucks need, in my opinion, to find six, 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 seven, six, eight guys who can defend on the perimeter against mm-hmm. speed and quickness. That's 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 what the that's what they're lacking right now because 
every team has to be able to defend those guys. But more importantly, you have to play the game and be able to get as many uncontested shots as you as, as you can possibly get because the game slows down in the playoffs. So offensively, we we all know where the ball is going to go. So I don't see a really a need for them to have an offensive player. But you could be right. Um, but what I do see is right now, you know, when they play against those athletic wing players, okay, they're, as their roster is currently, you know, as has been put together, they're having a problem defending those guys, especially those athletic wing players who can slash and 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 really create off the bounce. One thing, I just want to circle back to that Warriors game that made me laugh was, did you see Isaiah Stewart and Draymond Green getting into it? I watched the whole game. I I, I, I mean, I watched the whole game. Yeah, I mean, I saw it. I mean, it's... It really made me laugh because it made me remember when his instant with LeBron happened, when Isaiah Stewart and LeBron James went at it last season. I remember making jokes about, oh, Draymond's not going to be happy about this. And uh, it came to life here. But my favorite part of it was, as that happened, you could see Jordan Poole just look in the other direction and really just not care what's going on. And that, that just made me laugh. This is a little side note I forgot to say at the start. That just made me laugh. With the, with the drama. Oh, and I, I, I didn't. I That wasn't the first thing that crossed my mind. <laughs> Draymond didn't want that smoke with, uh, with Isaiah Stewart. Let's keep it 100. The way that Beef Stew just grabbed him and dragged him by the jersey, and Draymond was like, chill, 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 chill. That ain't the Draymond we know. You know what I'm saying? It reminded me. Do you know what it reminded me of? Did you ever see that clip of Zach Randolph and DeMarcus Cousins going at each other one time when they were someone was shooting a free throw and they stood next to each other? And obviously, DeMar- DeMarcus Cousins was, you know, a big tough guy in the league, but Zebo is a real life tough guy. And he was saying, <laughs> he was saying to DeMarcus, round here, I bully the bullies. Round here, if you're a bully, I'm going to bully you. That's what it reminded me of. That's what it really reminded me of. It made me laugh. It did make me laugh. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I mean, let me tell you something. So, uh, you know, for all of us who've been in fights, right? And I know you've been in a few scuffles in your lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you, you can't win them all. Yep. You, 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 <laughs> there's you, there's you always someone all. bigger and better than you out there. There's always yeah, someone, so no matter I'm, who you are. So uh, I, 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 let's just say this, well, I fell down a few times in my life, okay? Mm-hmm. And you just get back up. So you know, that's part of the game. I Actually, I, I don't have a part, I don't have any problem with the scuffle during the course of a game, okay? You know, the the the, the one thing that, that I will say about that particular scuffle was, is the following, right? Because it when you are on a team, and you understand your value, what you what you bring to a team. You know, he already had one technical foul, mm-hmm. and then so there was no there was no room for error for him to be in that situation at that particular time because of time and score. Mm-hmm. Okay, so people can say whatever they want to say. However. Because I think he understood the time and score of that particular game. There was no time for him to get another technical foul. Unfortunately, he did get a technical foul. Yeah, and he was ejected. He was ejected from the game. So, you know, 
you know, all of these things people say. However, what I did respect was, okay, guys are competing. That, that's come to be expected, right? You have two people competing at a very high level at that particular moment of the game. I don't expect anyone to back down. However, what I do expect is for for us, and I say us, you know, the you know the people in the game to allow the players to dictate the outcome of the game. And it was very unfortunate that one, both players had to receive a technical foul because I didn't think it would even warrant it. No, no, foul. I thought like it was it, fine. I, I thought it was okay. Guys got tangled up a little bit. Everybody's good. No one threw a punch. The player seemed to understand. There was no, you know, it was no yep. big deal. Killian Hayes on. remained behaved. Killian <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, Hayes didn't yeah. throw a punch at anyone's head. Yeah, so I, I, that's what I'm saying. So, but I don't want to take away from the the Pistons. The Pistons, the Pistons were great last night. They really, they showed up big. Um, the Warriors fought back. They weren't playing well. Clay seems to be getting. You know his his literally his legs back up under him. He's yep. playing well. What it was a great play call by Coach Kerr at the end of, you know, the shot clock there and they're on their last possession before, you know, our our guy um, Sadiq Bay hits a, a, a unbelievable shot. So it was a it was a, it was a fun game to watch. And I mean, if you guys aren't doing anything, it's a fun game and uh, it was it was good basketball. I want to talk to you uh, about the Timberwolves here. Because Anthony Edwards has been quietly putting together a really nice hot streak. We talked about him being an all-star. He didn't get any love on the all-star voting yet. But in his last 10 games, he's putting up 29.4 points, 7.6 rebounds, and 5.2 assists. So the young fella's coming along. Um, The one thing that's interesting, I had a friend of mine today talking to me about D'Angelo Russell, saying that, uh, you know, he's unfollowed the symbols on Instagram, which nowadays everyone reads into the Instagram kind of stuff. There's so much drama. You know, the report the other day, they asked one of the players, what's wrong over there? And he said, we all know what's wrong. We just don't want to talk about it in the media. Uh, D'Angelo Russell is reportedly feeling disrespected because he's not received a max contract extension. A source at the arena says he doesn't come out with the rest of the team and he doesn't really talk to his teammates now. Um, Because you can see that the team is going to be built around anti Edwards moving forwards. And I don't know if D'Angelo Russell is the ideal fit to have next to a guy like Anthony Edwards. What do you think about that team moving forward and what they can do with the pieces to build a team around Anthony Edwards? Because this thing that they built with Gobert and Cat and D'Lo is not working. Anthony Edwards is the future of that franchise. How would you optimize a team around him? What build of players would you want around Anthony Edwards? Well, you know, Mo, I... I, I, I to me, it just it just seems obvious what needs to happen. But again, I, I mean, I'll say it again. Listen, you you get Rudy Gobert. Okay, there, there's two types of defensive philosophies you can have. Right, you can have one where you have a team that's capable of guarding multiple positions. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone can. You know, like I said earlier. You know the 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 the. the the majority of people in this league, in the NBA, would prefer to have six, 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 seven, six, eight guys that can defend multiple positions and take advantage of switching. They call it now positionless basketball. Yep. That's the that's the 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 way of thinking in the NBA. All right. I want to be able to defend and switch 
because I want to defend the perimeter. I want to do, you know, you, you, everybody, that's what everybody will like. Okay. Mm-hmm. The second way that you defend in this league, if you can't switch and teams switch all the time, right? You'll see one five, you'll see one fives come together and you'll just automatically switch. Okay. That's, that's just the NBA. Or you have rim protection. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mo. A funnel there, defense. Yeah. Okay. Now. We can say whatever we want to. The Rudy Gobert experiment doesn't work. I'm not buying it doesn't work. What I I am buying is the following. You can't have multiple people on the floor that's not capable of defending their position. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that to me. Now, what's one thing I know about Rudy Gobert? If I funnel my defense to Rudy Gobert, he will block two or three shots and he will contest shots. I love what you're seeing Brooke Lopez is doing for the Milwaukee Bucks. He can do that all day, every day in his sleep. When you have multiple players on the team that's not capable of doing that. Okay, Mo, now you can tell me whatever you want to tell me. Well, it's not working. Okay. So here's, here's my thought about Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert can play for me anytime. He can play for me anytime. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I know there's you have zero chance to stay in front of John Morant. You have zero chance to guard Kyrie Irving. You have zero chance to guard Kevin Durant and all of these great players. You have no chance. Why? You can't touch them. You can't impede their progress. But what I can do is that I can take away something and say, I'm going to contest you without following you at the basket once you get past the initial defender. Yeah. <laughs> With the exception of okay. Katie, who's just going to score like 70% from mid-range. But everyone else, okay, I'm okay. going to make your life that's, difficult that's and force you. Okay. And Rudy Gobert, I don't care what they say. I know he can do that. I know he can do it. I've seen him do it. I know he can do it now. However, it's got to be it's got to be the philosophy of the group and the team to understand what everybody brings to the what everybody brings to the game. So if what I'm seeing is I'm saying the following, Rudy Gobert has a chance to anchor your defense. He can do that. Now I know he can do that. And if he's not doing that, then we got to look at what we're doing. Because if Rudy, if I were coaching, Rudy Gobert could play for me anytime. Why? Because who doesn't need defense? Mm-hmm. Who doesn't need rim protection in this league? Everybody's looking for it. Every team in the league is looking for that. You mean to tell me Rudy Gobert can't play for the, let's say, Dallas Mavericks right now? Rudy Gobert couldn't play for the Golden State Warriors. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting, could- though. I'm going to just have to interrupt you real quick is our friend Mark Stein says, if the Mavericks can't come to terms with Christian Wood on a new contract, they're widely expected to explore the trade market for him before the trade deadline in February. Okay. It's an interesting right. one for Christian Wood. They're big free agents. Why is uh, it? Why, their I trade think, that they pulled why off. Why is that interesting? Why because is that interesting? He was supposed to come in and be the second star to Luka Doncic. And uh, if they're open to training him and they're not willing to give him a new contract... Okay, so here, 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 here is here is. Listen, we love Luca. We we recognize his talent. Luca is Luca right now. It's 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 difficult to play with Luca until Luca commits to whatever position he's 
Yeah, we've, we've had this. We've defensive, had this conversation. the defensive end. Yeah, we can sit here and keep. I I just want to say it again to remind people. I'm not changing. Last year or the year before, until Luca commits, it's going to be difficult because the way he plays, mm-hmm. we don't know. Like, okay, is Luca? Uh, is he going to guard the one? Is he going to guard the two? Is Christian Wood a four? Is Christian Wood a five? We just don't know until he commits. What we do know is Luca is a, a phenomenal offensive player. What we do know is Luca has the ball 90% of the time. Well, how are you going to be the second star when there's only 10% and you have 13 other guys on the team? Like, Luca's going to have the ball 90% of the time. <laughs> so, that's facts. So that's facts. So what are you going to do? So that's what I'm saying. Until he commits to this, let's not keep saying, well, Christian Wood or somebody's going to come in and be a – no, it's just – it is what it is until he commits. Now back to our good friend, our good friend Rudy Gobert. I think what the organization tried to do when they acquired Rudy Gobert was to say, we want to have a defensive presence. I think Rudy Gobert complements everything Anthony Edwards could be in this league. Yeah, essentially what he did with Donovan Mitchell in Utah. I think he complements everything. What Rudy Gobert was the leading shot blocker or center in the league on the best record in the entire NBA. And Donovan Mitchell, in my opinion, okay, Donovan Mitchell, I think Anthony Edwards could do the same or as good of a job, if not better than what he did, provided they have the same philosophy. If you plug those guys in to the system. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, how do you get players that will complement, repeat, that will complement Anthony Edwards, what he brings, and complement Rudy Gobert? I think it's obvious to me as I watch the team to say, if they're going to be whoever they think they are or who they could be, they're going to have to say, we have a defensive player of the year on the defensive end. That's a fact. We have a young player that's capable of getting 30 points a game. That's a fact. What are we going to do with the other three guys that's going to complement that? Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that, that, and that's what they got to that, figure out because D'Angelo and Colin T. Towns, they're not very no. complimentary, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. Now, we can all have our opinion. D'Lo, and we can have our opinions. Now, that's a – but you can't tell me no one in the league can figure out how to build around the defensive player of the year candidate. Mm-hmm. You can't, and you can't tell me I can't figure out if I got a guy who's capable of scoring thirty points a night. I'm saying, well, I can't build around that guy. You can't share. You can't tell me that. So to me, those are foundational pieces. Right now, it's figuring out how you can get those pieces to all work together. Carl Anthony Towns is a really good player. He's an All Star caliber player. D'Lo is a really good player. Sometimes, oh, you got to say, sometimes things don't fit. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, you know, right now, Carlton Towns is hurt. Whatever the case may be, because you and I aren't there, but no one can tell me that I can't build around Anthony uh, Edwards and and Rudy Gobert. That, 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 because there's only two philosophies you can have. 
either you're going to switch, be active on the perimeter, or you're going to funnel and have rim protection. Rudy Gobert can do that. He can do that. Now, whether or not he can do it at the same level, okay, we can argue that. Whether or not, but you can't tell me that I can play a switching defense with Rudy Gobert. <laughs> yeah. That's that's not happening. That's, that's not, not happening. No. That's, that's not even an option. Yeah. So if it's not an option, then what can we do? Well, we can funnel to him so that he can do what he does exceptionally well, in my opinion, which is contest shots without fouling at the basket. And you know what he does? You know what he does really well too? Is he's a good screener. Mm. If I was a guard, I'd love to play with him. Why? Because he screens and he rolls. He screens and he rolls every single time. Like, like if I was a guard, I would love to play with a guy like that. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I'm, I'm not giving up on the Minnesota Timberwolves because I think they have really good players. And I like their role players. I like some of their role players that they do have on that team. Most definitely. Well, stay locked in with us because after the weekend, we'll be back with more about the NBA. And I'm sure chaos will ensue. Um, we do have an early tip off on Sunday. Uh, BJ, I'm wondering if you want to watch the game along with the people on Sunday. Is your Detroit Pistons taking on the Sixers at 8 p.m. UK? Ooh, that's a that's, that's ooh. Where's that game at being played at? It's in Detroit. Oh wow, that's a that's a big game. That's a big game. A big game. All right. Well, midday on I'm, the West I'm Coast. I'm all about it. I'm all about Follow it. Follow on socials. Do it, Follow us in the Discord. The link's in the description below. So keep an eye on the Twitter timeline. We may just be watching that game alongside you. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave a like. Share with a friend. Leave a review and five stars and all that good stuff if you're listening on Spotify or Apple. Most importantly, until next time, get buckets. <laughs>